Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, it is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Michelle Mission is joining with the Be Real Black Cinema Club to present our review of 1994's Jason's Lyric, starring Alan Payne and Jada Pinkett before the Smith. <laughs> and joining us today for our review is the headmistress of said cinema club, Queen Film Noir herself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all you missionaries out there, put your hands together for our guest, Stephanie Watts. Hey, oh, Stephanie. Hey. Stephanie. I'm very excited to be here, y'all. We're very excited to have you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is going to be yeah. big fun doing Jason's lyric, a movie that uh, uh, stood, stands the test of time with you. I understand. allegedly, yes, it does. Allegedly, like, I'm just, I, I like saying allegedly. You know, people get attention. Well, you know, when you start making claims. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's cool. So that's what we're, we're going to be reviewing tonight, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we are streaming from Yunk Junk. Right here in Maniuk to our YouTube and to Facebook. And shout out to everybody out there in the chat. I see uh, Maurice, uh, Mira, Aaron Fry, Robert Monroe, Deborah Battle, all the people out there in, in the chat. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, one and all. All right. Before we get into all of the fun, Stephanie, mm -hmm. I have to ask. Be real, R E E L. Uh huh. Black Cinema Club. Mm -hmm. That is your 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 movie posse, from yes. what I understand. The click, the crew. Um, yeah. So I started BRBCC back in 2017. It had a whole different name, but the mission has stayed the same. Um, and what was the mission? Um, basically to get black millennials out to the movies to see black film. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. That's a simple part of it. The mm -hmm. long story is I had become a member of the Brooklyn Academy of Music back in like 2014, somewhere around there. And I was not someone that like previously knew a lot about independent black film. All mm -hmm. I knew was Spike Lee and Sankofa because I went to Afrocentric school and they would like, you know, show us Sankofa <laughs> to scare us, you know, every year. <laughs> And um, you know, right, you get transported back in time <laughs> no and learn about yourself. <laughs> they had so a show. Right. Um, so I didn't know. It was just like they um it started because they had some Spike Lee retrospective, me and my friends when, you know, flyers and little postcards still work. So mm -hmm. they had a little marketing for something called New Voices in Black Cinema. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come to that. That sounds cool. So then I came to that. And then the next day, we had another flyer. And I was like, oh, Film Africa, I'll come to that. So I just found myself coming a lot. And I said, oh, this is getting a little expensive. Gotcha. Um, so I became a member. And so as I'm going to all these black film screenings, I'm looking around and I'm like... Yeah. Ain't no black people have been this job. And it may are. They were older, right? They were like, right. you know, 50 plus... 60, honestly, 60 plus, to be honest with you, in mm -hmm. terms of who was really coming out, unless it was a filmmaker that maybe lives in Brooklyn and their people came out. And um, this was also happening during the time of Oscar So White. So all the millennials are on Twitter being like, where are the black movies that do this? And where are the black movies that tell this story? Right, and I'm right, like, right. at BAM? Right, <laughs> mm -hmm. right, right. Because I, I was just there last week mm -hmm. or I was there last night. 
And so I was like, well, I can either bash my generation, shout out to the elder millennials, um, or I can like do something to help what may be going on, which is lack of like knowledge or marketing around the events that are happening. So um, I have no shame. I'm a real fully girl. Um, I really believe in myself. You know, we are delusional people here in this city. (laughs) We think everybody's supposed to rock with us just because. So I cold emailed the head of their film department. Nice. (laughs) And was like, I don't have an idea for a film club. Um, Shout out to Gina Duncan. She's now the head of BAM all all across the board now. And she met with me for lunch. And she said, this is a cute idea. Okay. And um, 2017, took a little break. 2018, 2019. Until now, we have monthly meetups in Brooklyn. We now have monthly meetups in Philadelphia as well. During the pandemic, we were online. So, you know, just really trying to get black millennials out and letting them know that all the films that you want to see do exist. Right. um, right. And they need your support. So that's that's a long story. That's really that's the cool. long the long version of it. But. Now were you were you, were you a fan of movies at all or so just mm-hmm. yeah yeah like you know I grew up on like all the traditional black films that everybody sees we can all quote you know um I was you know child of the '90s film era so okay. I was into you know like regal AMC I'll say type film but sure. independent film was something that was new to me so that's also what makes the film club cool is because. I don't be knowing these filmmakers are not when I go to the meetups. I'll be learning right along with everybody else. So that's really cool um, because I'm learning as I'm growing in over the last six years with Film Club. That's dope. That's very dope. How how big is the club now? Um, Depends on the month. (laughs) You know, people come out, people pop out. You know, it depends on what the film is. I think one thing about independent film and, and audiences is that if people don't know who the filmmaker is, you don't know who's in the film. It's kind of a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you got to make it sound popping. Um, we had our fifth anniversary screening in June at BAM, and we showed um, this film called Rain the Color Blue with a Little Red in it. And it's this film by this singer from Niger, and it's basically um, the Niger version of Purple Rain. Wow. And so, like, if I didn't sell that, people that, wouldn't though. care. When yeah, I was like, it's yeah. basically Prince, but yeah. make it desert. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I'll come. Yeah. And so we, like, filled out the theater. But, like, you know, if I wouldn't have said that, people yeah. like, girl, yeah. I know that is. So, you know, it, it depends. Um, But it, it varies. Like, there's some people who don't even live in New York or don't live in Philly, but they'll come to, like, the virtual meetups that we have. Right. Um, The Philly club is, like, growing. It's growing. Oh, dope. So, you dope. Know. Very dope. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a way to, like, build community. Like, one thing I noticed over the years is that a lot of people that come, come by themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all ain't got no friends. But I guess maybe their friends are into it or whatever. But they've been able, for people that come every single month, they've been able to make friends. Because With, yeah. a lot of times yeah. the same right. people, right. you know, that come every month. So build it's also, community. yeah, build real community. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, I've been seeing them all hanging out together on Instagram now. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, that... Some random film that like was in a basement for fifty years that just got unearthed and restored. Oh, what happened? Made people, you know, <clears throat> yeah, come together know. as friends. Mm-hmm. So that's it's what cool. Happened. That is exactly what yeah, happened. Well, that's dope. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not millennials, but I'll come to the club. No, come. I, like the come. I mean. We are, we are sure we are not that far off in age. No, just just come. And a lot of times I have free tickets too. You know, people like free in this county. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a black film you want to see, DM me first because I might got the plug. 
Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for taking. Well, I also want to say that I wish I could have brought a bigger group to Warm December because that film was amazing. Uh, we came like five deep, but I wanted to come like twenty deep because that film was so good. Oh well, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That thank was dope. You. Um, and and thank you for that because uh, we are going to be returning to the Bryn Mawr Film yes, Institute we are. tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Michelle Mission will be hosting the screening of Dervil Martin, <laughs> the summer of Dervil Martin, as we host a screening of Five on the Black Hand Side. Five on the Black Hand Tomorrow side. night at 7 p.m. Yes. at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute, ladies and gentlemen. Tickets are available now. You can go to our website or you can go to Bryn Mawr Film, um, Film Institute.org and get your tickets. We will have free pretzels for god's sake that's right free pretzels that's a good sale in philly yeah. people like pretzels here that's a good sale <laughs> free <laughs> free pretzels ladies right, and gentlemen right, right. pretzels pretzel. not pretzel bites well not pretzel bites because i can't have pretzel bites for yeah, every pretzel bites for that'd be a lot of pretzel right bites. right so, but yeah. i can have but free pretzels. pretzels i can have do the pretzels big Doughy, dry. It's, going, it's not going to be dry. They're going to be delicious. Yeah, salt on them, too. Though. They, they, yes, they will have salt. There will be free pretzels. Popcorn will also be available. Okay. Yes. But you got to buy the popcorn. You got to buy the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy the popcorn. But the, the pretzels are free. With and the, the movie mustard. is great. And the, the movie is great. Five yeah. on the black hand side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a dope 70s, like, uh, like uh, family yeah. comedy. Yeah, and we've reviewed it. But we'll be have a talk back afterwards. We will. We will hang out. So yeah, come on out. It'll be fun. It'll be fun, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Um, yeah, Stephanie, when we sat down, you were like really giddy, or like almost like you know jumping out of your seat, and that was because you said you had a friend that actually got a bit of good news. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I do stand with the writers, WGA writers strike. Mm-hmm. Um, however, one of my really good friends, Judd Nick, was nominated for an Emmy for her work on Intergalactic, which is the Kid Cudi um, yeah. uh, animated film, which yeah. is really cute. Um, so if you haven't seen it, y'all, y'all should definitely check it out. It's really good. And shout out to Nikki Go Girl. Yeah. Congratulations. 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 Oh, so now we got to be rooting for that. That's exactly. right. Exactly. So if anybody out there is like, oh, there's no animated black love films, Intergalactic. Intergalactic. And a galactic. And we like to pull for things here. So, yeah. So, yeah. we'll be pulling for. Absolutely. Nick. Absolutely. Writer. And a galactic. Dope. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into the show, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Because um, <laughs> I'm excited for, you know, all the things. Ooh, shenanigans. <laughs> Because I actually watch the show. You know, some people will come on it's like a podcast and they have no idea what's going on, but right. I know what y'all about to do. So okay. I'm like pretty excited. Right. Okay. Oh, well, appreciate that. <laughs> well, we do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we are going to kick things off with our regular features tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And that means that we will be starting off of, wait a minute, we have a question in the chat. I knew this was going to come. <laughs> uh, Calvin in the chat is asking whether or not there will be spicy mustard for the pretzels we are uh, tomorrow. talking about pretzels. It's valid. This, that's a valid, this is a valid <laughs> point. Well, valid well, point. Will there be mustard? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Stephanie, you, you be the judge. 
because I'm getting into pretzels. Okay. And I knew oh, you're new to pretzels. Oh hell no. Oh oh, I thought you said you're getting into it like you're new. Okay, oh, go no, ahead. No 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 no. I'm getting the pretzels. Oh, got tomorrow. you, got you. Right, okay. Right. This is looms. No no, this is this is from the womb, mm-hmm. <laughs> for pretzels. Um, but I'm getting them, and I actually was thinking to myself. Calvin brings up a good question because I knew that I had to get mustard. Mm-hmm. But do I get the regular yellow mustard mm-hmm. or do I get the spicy mustard? Or do I splurge both? and get both? I say splurge because some people are kind of bland. They like the regular orange. I'm a spicy mustard person. Um, so, you know, I stand in solidarity with you, Calvin, once tonight. So I think you should splurge and do both. All right, Calvin. Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie is in your corner. So there will be regular mustard and spicy mustard for the pretzels tomorrow at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute. Okay? All right. That good for you? <laughs> you don't care. Just waiting for the mustard portion of the program. <laughs> he doesn't care. Go ahead. He'll be eating this dry popcorn. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. <laughs> anyway, can we, Calvin, we're moving on now. Okay. All right? Moving on. We're moving on now to, he says, thank you, Stephanie. We're moving on now to the top five. Right. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is... My top five is... Top five, ladies and gentlemen, where I come up with a list and I give it to Vince and to Stephanie to add their commentary on. And tonight, as always, we try to keep things in theme. We're going to be reviewing Jason's lyric tonight. So these are top five Jason films, but with a twist. Okay. Because these are films that have Jason in the title in the order that I believe Vincent would like them. Okay. So this is not how I was necessarily You're going to... This is projecting. I'm projecting. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm projecting here. So what we're really going to see is what you think of me. Exactly. Okay, this should be interesting. All right. Or awkward. (laughs) And we'll start with number five. Number five. Which is Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. Of course, we knew that Jason from the Friday the 13th films series would make an appearance. Right. And But you are starting with the crossover. Right, from 2003 um, with Freddy, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy, of course, Freddy Krueger. Of course. From the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, horror series. Mm-hmm. The Jason being Jason Voorhees mm-hmm. from the Friday the 13th series. Um, this was, in fact, a crossover of the franchises. It was the eighth installment in the Nightmare franchise. It was the 11th in the Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this film is... The the premise is that Freddy... <laughs> boy. It, it, uh, Freddy, <laughs> Freddy is weakened and forgotten because the citizens of his hometown of Springwood have defeated him by using medications that repress dreams. Right. Freddy so, so, so. awakens Jason to stir up fear and grow his power so that he may return and kill again. Mm-hmm. So he wants to, so he wakens Jason sure, to make sure. them scared so sure. that he can come back. And Solid then, plan. Solid plan. But Jason turns out to be not so easily controlled as Freddy, 
Freddie initially thought, and the two supernatural mass murderers come into conflict in a movie that is beyond bonkers. I don't know. You probably have never seen it. I, I've never seen this. Uh, oh, no, yeah. you got to watch it. Do I? Do I? For the nostalgia. For the nostalgia. Do it for the nostalgia. Yeah. For the nostalgia. But here's the here's reason why I think you would like it. Okay. It is bonk. It's, it's bonkers. Right, right. It makes absolutely no sense. Look, it's the eighth and or the 11th series right. film in the series. So at this point, it's, is this before or after Jason in space? This is after Jason. Right, because that's like Jason 10. Right. That he was in space. Right. right. Yeah, so, you know. So, so, but it's, I mean, this is as close as in the horror genre mm-hmm. as you're going to get because you're not a big horror person. No, no, but, but you ki- but you like but you like kaiju movies. And quietly I like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Okay. Yeah. Well, well there you go. Well well this is as close to a kaiju nightmare on Elm Street movie. Okay. All right. So this is why I think that you would like this. All right. I, 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 I'm interested to see the four films that you think I like better than this. Because <laughs> I feel like there are four. <laughs> sure there are. <laughs> that have Jason's name in it. Right, right, right. I'm wondering if your number one is going to be my number one. Let's see. <laughs> I bet it is. All right. Uh, but going to number four. Uh-huh. And we are staying in the Jason Voorhees series. It's more Jason movies. Oh, yes, it is. This is Friday the 13th Part Eight. <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> now this is from 1989, um, and this is a this is a movie. Now, despite the title, the movie largely takes place on a boat. Have you? Did you see this one? I vaguely recall this. One. It, it, it largely takes place on a boat as he makes his way to Manhattan. <laughs> And he kills everybody on the boat. <laughs> and then I think, like, maybe the last 15 minutes, he disembarks from the boat and kills people at the pier. And then maybe in a round the pier. A big boat? Yeah, it's like a big, big, like, like uh, uh, not like a cruise ship. Right. But kind of like like one of them, right. like, whaling vessels or right. shit right. like that. Um, I'm going to make a reference that would have seemed really, really clever a year ago, but now like it's a movie coming out actually about it. So it's like like the first chapter of the novel Dracula. Dracula, exactly. Where, where Dracula has killed everybody on the ship. On the Demeter. On the Demeter coming over. Right, right, right. And See, like they're... a year ago, people said, wow, Vince is real well-read. <laughs> like he knows things. But like now it's a movie coming out. And they're like, oh man, he just saw that movie coming out. Nah. Are you going to go see the movie? I am. I am. You don't like horror movies. I love Dracula though. Mm. Can I go with you? Because I just want to watch you watch. I want to see you watch a horror movie. I mean, it's Dracula, though, so it's like... Anyway. Yeah. We should get tickets for that, though, shouldn't we? Okay, we'll make it happen. All right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Ever since he got on the list. Now it's like, yo, do we got... <laughs> we got passes? Uh, yeah, man. Because like, I, can't, I can't do the movies without passes. Now. Right. Um, anyway. Winning coach. <laughs> Jason Takes Manhattan. Yes. It's stupid. It yes. makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason why I think that you would like it. Okay. I had to think of you, like, if you were see- looking at this movie, like, being promoted. Yeah. And see Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. And in my mind, you might somehow sillingly connect, oh, this may either be a musical 
Right. <laughs> or a Muppet spoof. Because I was thinking about I think you would go Muppets take Manhattan. You're right. So You are right. You would go and see this. Right, right. You, you would be home. disappointed. Oh, right, right. It is neither a musical nor do the Muppets make an appearance. But you would go. All right. Okay. Solid, solid hey. reasoning. All right. Solid reasoning. All right. Okay, but why is it number four over... Freddy versus Jason, which it, is iconic. I, I it is it should be higher on the list. It, it is, is iconic. My list, right? But Freddy versus Jason, you know what you're in for. Mm. It's right. Freddy versus Jason. Mm. Jason takes Manhattan. You can maybe talk yourself right. into talk thinking yourself. it's going to be like right. a silly right. romp through. It's true. Him killing all the people you would kill in New York. And I like musicals more <laughs> than I like. List. Yeah. Trust me. Oh yeah. You can Not just see that. All right. Cut that out. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. All right. Okay. All right. I'm with you so far. All right. All right. Number three. Number three. Uh, List of Jason movies I would like in order. Yes. All right. This is Friday the 13th part six. Oh God, is it just going to be Friday the 13th? Jason Lives. Okay. Now, why is this above the other two? Well, this is, in fact, the sequel to Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Right, right. Um, which was the last one that featured a young Tommy Jarvis, who was actually, they tried to introduce into the Friday the 13th um, like lexicon and make him like the new protagonist, the big, the big bad, right? It was a new Jason. Well, like a new Jason. It's like new Jason. Right. His name is Tommy, though. Um, so, Jason, but his name was Tommy, so he wasn't Jason. He was Tommy. He was Tommy, and he's black. Oh, well, you buried the lead. And he, well, oh. I ain't no new Jason was black. And he was black. We had what a black Jason. This, this was well. Jason lives is in 1986. Uh, Friday the 13th, a new beginning, which uh, featured Tommy, was in 1985. Oh, so so it was too work. soon. Exactly. He was, he was ahead of his time. Exactly. 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 Um, so what happens in, in Jason Lives, Tommy accidentally resurrects Jason mm. while attempting to destroy his body to ensure that he will not return. And then Jason returns to Crystal Lake for another killing spree. So then what happens to Tommy at the end? Uh, if I understand correctly, Jason Kills, kills Tommy. Kills Jason Tommy. probably kills Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so is Tommy a monster too? No, it's it's Tommy just a dude. It's just yeah, it's just a dude. He's just a dude. <laughs> so new Jason's just a dude. Yeah, and that's just why they needed a Jason to come back oh. and resurrect things. And Jason lives. And this is Jason. This this is Friday the Thirteenth Part What Six. So are you saying that five and six might be in our wheelhouse? Oh no. No, it's no, not that black. no, it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't that black. It's not that black. No, it ain't we have that an update black. in the comments. Tom, oh, yes, that's right. Tommy lived and got the girl at that's the end. That's right, Black King. Sean Simmons, thank you. So, I don't know, Lynn. Now you want it to be in our... In our Maybe, <laughs> but this is a solid third choice now that you've told me about new Jason, who's actually a black guy, who's just sort of regular. Well, I'll let you select that. I don't know how I feel about this subtext. That's just a regular ass black dude 
can be a monster. <laughs> anyway, number two. Shell tops. Go ahead. We're moving to number two. All right, number two. Number two of the movies, the Jason movies that you would like in the order. Okay. I like them. Number two. Number two is from 2016. Mm-hmm. And this is Jason Bourne. Hmm. Yeah, action yeah, thriller. Absolutely. Starring Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, this is, absolutely. Features Matt Damon's return to the Bourne yeah. uh, franchise. Yeah. After the first trilogy. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and, and and then Jeremy Renner comes in and now Matt Damon comes back in. Right. In the movie that features his name. Yeah. And the Matt Damon move the Matt Damon movies. The Jason Bourne movies. Oh yeah, that's that work. They are that that work. Oh yeah. Top notch um, oh, yeah. direction and action by Paul Greengrass. Um and it's number two. Because number one is of course well, Jake. We're not there yet. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> It, it's number two because you like action. I do, and I like I like them born movies. You, I know you like the born movies. I like them born, and movies. this was and this was actually a return to form mm-hmm. for the for the fran- franchise. Getting a little room with that Jason Bourne, he'll take a phone book and jam it in your throat. Yes, oh. through your throat. That's right. Yes, it was no joke, no joke. So that's why it's number two. Right, right. Okay, that's very solid number two and the only reason it's number two because number one would of course be 1970 mm, no you're, you're way years off well what are you thinking it's got to be jason and argonauts it is jason and the argonauts but that's not 1970. <laughs> is that in the 60s jason and the argonauts is number one from 1963. Wow, I did not know it was that early. 1963, Jason and the Argonauts, um, produced by Charles Schneer, directed by Don Chafee, and stars people who we don't care. It was, uh, <laughs> no one the, cares about the it. the important part about Jason and the Argonauts. The, the only, the, the thing that Vince makes this number one for Come Vincent. Come on, say it. Because this, this film was made in collaboration with stop motion Here animation, visual effects artists, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. And is known for its various legendary creatures, notably the iconic fight scene featuring seven skeleton warrior warriors. Wow. So that's not in Sinbad? No, it is in fact. I learned that when I was doing the whole Sinbad bit. Of- you have taught me something just now. Well, that's one to grow on. <laughs> I would have sworn the skeletons. Do you are are you familiar? With any of this at all, so Ray Har- Harryhausen <laughs> was uh, we we we, it, we nerding it up real. Was a special effects guy, mm-hmm. stop and, motion, and, but he like did the, stop motion, like the okay. puppets that move, and and, and just a groundbreaking special effects artist. Mm. And the the Sinbad and the the Sinbad movies from the late sixties, early seventies are the ones everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. But Jason and the Argonauts. Is basically a Sinbad movie, mm-hmm. but it's just Jason the Argonauts. And his most famous special effect is like a dude fighting skeletons. Oh, okay. That is like all practical it's like effects. Signature thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So the reason why you you um, conflated with Sinbad is because in Sinbad there is a skeleton fight, but it's not the famous. It's not the famous. It's one. one. It's just one skeleton fighting Sinbad. Okay. But the seven skeleton right, the one is a big one about. where you think of them marching and all yeah. that. That is actually in Jason and the Argonauts. Wow. Yes. Well, that's a good list. 
Mainly because now I want to go watch Jason the Argonauts. You're going to have all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at right. that. So you're going to watch Jason the Argonauts, and now you've got a black film. That and you now, now we got some new black films for October. <laughs> Please don't. With Tommy, the black monster, who's got the monstrous power of being a black man in the 80s. Please don't. Please don't watch. Please don't select that. I'm begging you. Don't select. It's got like a big radio. <laughs> oh, God. You just got like a, just, just have a big ass radio. You just and some listening to that rap music. Pippity hop. Right, because it's 1985. Oh, he's listening to rap music. Talking about like hard to white women. Oh God. He's just killing people with bass. Right. He's just putting bass right. action. He's got like a gold tooth. <laughs> gold tooth back in the 80s. Right, right. Have gold teeth. Have a double ring. Yeah, double ring. Yes. All right, all right, solid list. Did you have a double ring, like two rings? No, I didn't. I did. I had, I had like a solid one that had my name, well, the short version of my name, but it was just one. Okay, okay. I did. I had like this was on these two fingers and said my nickname, my old rap name. What was your old rap name? Well, it's my artist name, Cruz. Can we like find you on any socials? Any <laughs> none, none, none of my none of my music made it to the to the that you internet. You don't right, you don't know that. that. I was about to say, you never know. <laughs> go on Spotify. Anyway, so let's keep it moving. All right. <laughs> we're gonna find this music. All right. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we are not. We're now going to move into our next feature. Which is Six Degrees of Derville Martin. A stop motion game in and of itself. That's the key. Why you'd be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of touch and a sense of sound. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to connect in six films or less two actors of my choice to that 70s stop motion actor <laughs> Derville Martin the father of practical special effects <laughs> yes yes his, his mustache was a practical mm-hmm. uh, effect to be seen mm-hmm. um and keeping in theme Vincent okay these are two famous Jason actors two famous Jasons Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. This one, this these might prove a little challenging for you. All right. Friend. Well, let's see. Yeah, you're really doubting Vincent, and like I've seen the magic. I think he can do it. Okay. All right. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Uh, you want to bet on how many movies? Oh, uh, it's oh, it's six degrees. So. Right. Yeah, but he had, but he might do it in less oh. than six. Five. Okay, you're betting five. Oh. What do we, what do we win though if he does it in five? What do we win besides pretzels? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with pretzels, right. but um, I don't know. What what, do we, what can we bet? I'll think about it. All right, what do we got? All right, number one, number one, six films or less, six films or less. Connect Derville Martin to to Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. He has got a lengthy filmography. He does. I'm just trying to think. Jesus. The last thing I saw him in. 
this is not giving anything away. The man has been in 92 films. Yeah, he's always around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason Isaacs. So that's what he's in. Last thing that he was in that has been released, because he's got quite a few yeah. in production, was Spinning Gold. And uh, Lily West Black movies. Oh, is that the disco movie that just came out? Yes. Oh. How no losses. Yeah, there's there's literally two other names in this, and they would none of them would help you. Jason. No, three other names that you Jason would know. Jason Isaacs. Here's the thing. You know you 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 know movies he's been in. I know, but it is, he's like one of those guys who's always sort of in the periphery almost. No, no, no. What was he a lead in? I mean, I'm not going to say he was like necessarily a leading man, but he's kind of been up front in the Like sort of military things? No, no, no. He's been in a few, few movies where he had a prominent role. I'm completely blanking on what he was in. Vincenzo. Well, before um, Spinning Gold, his last movie was Mrs. Harris Goes to Prison. Oh, Goes to Paris, excuse me. <laughs> that, was, that was a big Paris slip. and prison are far off. Oh, the penalty you asked. Right, right, right. He hates Paris. Um, do you have a lifeline? Do you want to ask your... I it's done quite a bit of voice work, but uh, I'm all right. Here's a movie from 2017 that maybe you saw. I enjoyed the hell out of uh, The Death of Stalin. I did not see The Death of Stalin. Oh, you should see that. It's a great movie. Um, I just can't, and I know he's always in stuff. All right, I'm, I'm about to give it away. I'm going to give it away, Vincent. Okay, give it away. He was in part one part and part two, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Who was he in Harry Potter? He's Malfoy's father. Oh, he sure is, but he's got that wig on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I don't think about him. Okay. So that means that he's in the movie with, um, what's his name that plays Dumbledore? What's, what's, what's that man's name? Mm, Michael. Oh, not Michael. Dumbledore. Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. That's, um, it's, yeah, it's Michael Gambon. That's not Dumbledore. Okay. All right. If you say so, Vincent. <laughs> You're telling me that that's not Dumbledore. Okay. The main wizard, did the dude with the long... The, the lead guy, yeah, Michael Gambon. That's got to be young Dumbledore. No, no, Vincent. I'm telling you, it's Michael Gambon. Because he had to take over because the first guy passed away. Dumbledore didn't die? No, Dumbledore didn't die. No, 
no, no, the no, first no. guy that played What's Dumbledore though. Patrick Stewart's boy. Ian McKellen. I thought he was Dumbledore. No, oh, I'm thinking about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh God. All right. <laughs> All right. You wanted to see magic, Stephanie. I know. This is how it, it happens. It's, it's really about to happen. I know this, you can do it at five. This is how it happens. Okay. So, he is in Harry Potter with... If you're watching, not even using Michael Gambone now. No, I'm not going to use Michael no, Gambone. There's so many other people to use. He is in Harry Potter... With um, what's her name? Mag Maggie Smith. Yes, Maggie Smith, and Maggie Smith is in um. That's not where I would have gone, but go ahead. Maggie Smith is in the the Witch McCallit movie, isn't she? Your show. With the old white people in England? <laughs> Downton Abbey. Is she in Downton Abbey? She is in Downton Abbey. She's in Downton Abbey with... Um, I'm about to say, who else do you know in Downton Abbey? <laughs> Isn't the brother from Philly in Downton Abbey? The movie? Which brother from Philly? Um, <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, Leslie Odom. Leslie, Leslie isn't Leslie Odom in that? Shout out to Leslie. Shout out to Freedom Theater. He's in. Uh, yeah, he is in one of them. Yeah. Okay. Leslie Odom. You went deep. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> the only black person in Downton Abbey. Um, and I think he's only in one of them. Look, Leslie Odom. I thought it was in the movie though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's been okay. two movies. Leslie Odom is in. Is in Hamilton with Lin Manuel Miranda. Mm. You are cutting it close, brother. Where are we four? What are we four? That's is that four or three? Those three. That's three. Yeah, yeah, it's three. Oh. All right. I'm just trying to connect. I'm trying to see where you're going. Lin Manuel Miranda. Then Manuel Miranda is in um, In the Heights with Corey Hawkins. Okay. How many is that? Is that four? That'll be four. Who's in The Tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel Washington? Who's in Mo Better Blues? With um, Dick Anthony Williams. Okay, that's six. So you're actually at seven because you got to go Dick Anthony Williams. All right, all right. Then, then forget that. Then I got to start all over. Then okay, all right. So Jason Isaacs is in. Let me give you the quicker route from Harry Harry Potter Ooh. instead of Maggie Smith. Go Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you go from Alec Rickman to um, Danny Glover. No, not Danny Glover. No. Um, 
I can't give it to no, you. No, 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 um, shit, Mo moonlighting, who's in, oh, she doesn't she even know, she doesn't know moonlighting, oh, um, die hard, die hard, who's in die hard, because I don't want to give it to him. Die Hard is oh my god, this is so I know it's um it's not Danny Glover that's in Die no, Hard. No. It's no, that's a totally different race. Die Hard is Tom Cruise. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce oh, sorry, Willis. Bruce. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce We're Willis praying for you, Bruce. Who's in um Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson. Okay. Who's in Mo Better Blues with Dick Anthony Williams? Who's who's in Five on the Black Inside with Derville Martin? Derville Martin. Screening tomorrow at Rimmar Films. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. All right. Not Film Center, sorry. Jason Isaacs is a good one because he's just sort of there. Oh. You're, um... I saw someone. Who was oh, mentioned. I'm sure everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're all they're all breaking it down. Damon is yeah, he's talking in about the Patriot. The Patriot. Yeah, the, yeah, a, yeah, your brother was, yeah, saying he was yeah. in the Patriot. Um, and Deborah Battle is saying uh, Jason is in Harry Potter with Maggie Smith, who's in Sister, Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, who's in the color skips purple. A step. Yeah, with Leonard Jackson. There you go. Who's in Five Hundred Black Hands? All right, Deborah Martin. All right, give me my second Jason. So we go ahead and. All right, all right. second Jason. So I lost your bet. Because it's all right. It's okay. So now you owe me pretzels. Yeah. So uh, this second Jason, this may be a little bit harder. Well, who is it? I'm about to tell you. In six films or less, get from Derville Martin mm -hmm. to Jason Robards. Jason Robards? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just saw him in something. I mean, it should be easy. I thought you just said it was supposed to be harder. It would be harder for him. Oh. Jason, oh, what did I just see him in? What was I just watching that Jason Robards was in? What movie would I have been watching that I saw Jason <laughs> Robards? I don't know. Look at, look at this. Look <laughs> like you did the top five. Right. What movie was he in that Vince would have just watched? So you should know this answer. Were you just seeing, uh, were you watching All the President's Men? No. Okay. That doesn't sound like something I would have been watching over the past week, flipping the channels, and I saw it. And I said, oh, wow. And then it was Jason Robards in it. I have, I have no idea what you would have been watching with him, Vincent. What's he in in the 70s? Uh, let's see. Mm, I just saw Jason Robards. All the President's Men. That's what he was in. Uh, or the 80s. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. 80s, 80s. Vince's, Vince's home. He's flipping the channel. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Oh. It's like a, okay. It's like Wednesday. I don't think, I don't think this is it, but. Were you perhaps watching The Legend of the Long Ranger? I was not. Okay. <laughs> I was not. Cause that's a, that's a Vincent movie. That, that's definitely a Vincent movie. That's a Vincent movie. I was flipping. And it was Jason Robards. It may have been the 80s. I'm looking at 80s. I don't want to give too many movies, Vincent. I'll give it away. I mean, you gave him like seven movies this last round. You did? No shade. I'm on your team. No, 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 no. no I got to keep people honest. Well, I didn't give him seven movies. He took this. Yeah. He went to seven. Um, okay. He was in uh, 
80s, he was in Something Wicked This Way Comes. It wasn't that. Bright Lights, Big City. No, but of course I can use that one because that's that's a Michael, um, not Michael Keaton, Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Let me just use that. You can. Just it's use up Michael. to you. Just use Michael J. Fox. So, okay. Um, okay, so this is how you get to Durrell Martin. Dervo Martin is in, well, kind of the same way. This is a cheap, cheap way, but let's just go ahead and go. Dervo Martin is, is of course, in Five on the Black Hand Side with mm-hmm. Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson, who is in um, Kill Bill Part One with Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. Who is in um, Charlie's Angels with Michael, not Michael Modine. What's that weird dude's name? The dude who plays Michael Michael J. Fox's father in um, Back to the Future. Oh, um, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. And Crispin Glover is in Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox, who's in Bright Lights, Big City with Jason Robards. There you go. Fabulous. There you go. Very good. What um, movie am I thinking about that I was just watching with Jason Robards? From the 90s. Okay. He was in Beloved. Oh, it wasn't Beloved. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't just turn it on Beloved. Oh, let's I watch a, a little bit. I about Beloved. I was supposed to be in Beloved, y'all. I wasn't supposed to be in it, but I auditioned to be in Beloved. Playing what? Playing the, Beloved? The, no. <laughs> the opening scene with the kids, the children. Like and the mom is going crazy, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the kids. Oh, oh man. Mm-hmm. Killed my thespian dreams. Oh. My audition was amazing. I wish it was like recorded somewhere I could watch it. Oh, that's a bummer. Sorry to hear that. Great film though. Everybody should go see it. It was. Shout a good out movie. to Oprah. We enjoyed Beloved. It was a good movie. I'm trying to think of the film that you may have been just been watching. So I'm going to go through like a light '80s comedy, a light eight, Parenthood. Was in Parenthood. He was in Parenthood. He was in uh, Melvin and Howard. I don't. I don't know what you would have been. I don't know. But I just saw Jason Robards. I actually said, "Oh, it's Jason Robards." <laughs> he was also in um, Philadelphia. Oh. He plays one of the big lawyers. Somebody said that. Oh yeah, and that would have gotten me to him quick because that's mm-hmm. Tom Hanks and Denzel. Mm-hmm. Denzel. All right. All right. Very good, Vince. Very good. Well, was, you know, we got it done. You got it done. You got it done. <laughs> That's all that counts. All right. All right. Oh, these Jasons. Look, you know, and the people in the chat, God bless them, you know, but who knows what they're working with? Who knows? You're working without just, a rope. You work, work without a rope. Just just Lynn giving me, <laughs> feeding me little information. So there you go. All right. All right. And we'll be doing that live tomorrow. We'll be doing that live tomorrow night. We'll have some random, <laughs> just sort of. Like, I should have looked up Jason's. You should have. I should have been Jason Reddy. You should have. Yeah. I was not Jason Reddy. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have your utility. I, I was. I did not. Yeah. All right. All right. It's all good. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's time for us to get into our review of Jason's lyric. 
with Stephanie Watts. Yes. Of the Be Real Black <laughs> Cinema Club. Period. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Showing me things I ain't never seen before. could be making three G's in one night. Didn't you learn nothing in prison? That's what I learned. What's up, criminal? Can't you do right? Don't cross the lines, though. It's my family, then. Just for my brother. I don't want my heart broken. What you gonna do if you keep trying to save a brother that don't want to be saved? Sometimes heroes have to walk away. ain't full of Jasons. What you found was quiet in a world full of thunder. Jason's Lyric. The story of a young man, Jason, played by one Alan Payne, who must confront his trauma-induced insecurity about love as well as a sense of owed responsibility to his mother, played by Suzanne Douglas, and his troubled brother, played by Joshua, uh, named Joshua, played by Bokeem Woodbine. Jason, an assistant manager and sales clerk at an electronics store, falls in love with Lyric, played by one Jada Pinkett before the Smith, and finds happiness, but his family history and mentally ill war veteran father Mad Dog, portrayed by Forrest Whitaker, plague his life plans before he can leave it all for a better life. In this film, from 1994 that was um, directed by Douglas, Doug McKendry, mm -hmm. and also alongside Alan Payne and Jada Pinkett and Suzanne Douglas stars uh, Tretch mm -hmm. of Naughty by Nature fame um, and Eddie Griffin. Yeah. That was so good in it. Yeah. In a film that was selected by our guest, the headmistress of the Be Real Black Cinema Club, Stephanie Watts. 
Stephanie, what say you of Jason's lyric? I love this film. Um, I think in its era, this was during the like uh, like West Coast gangster uh, gang films. And I love Jason's lyric mainly because it was set in Houston. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took the whole genre out of L.A. Um, and I love that idea because I just felt like we were kind of getting burned out with like, okay, how many times I'm going to see the same thing about what's happening mm-hmm. in Compton and South Central? I knew nothing about Houston. I knew nothing about Texas. Um, so I love that it was just set in the South. Right. Um, and also, I love that it was like a, a... I mean, of course, it had all the kind of... Um, I guess, trappings of, like, hood movies of the 90s, but it also mm-hmm. was very much so a love film, and I thought that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you know, street dudes, they need love, too. So, um, I just loved it was a combination of those two things in the film. And it was also just, like, stacked. Like, who wasn't in that movie? Yeah, that's very true. You know what, what I mean? It was, it was stacked. And I, we also forgot to mention Lisa Nicole Carson is yeah, in the film. Yes, yes. My queen. I hope she's doing fabulous wherever she may be this very yeah. second. Um, and, you know, I think it had such a range of, um, uh, I guess, seasoned actors. So, mm-hmm. like, Suzanne Douglas, rest in peace, mm-hmm. and um, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. But yeah. then also, it's like we're seeing that rappers are now continuing to be put in films. Um, so shout out to Tretch. And then we have people, you know, like Jada, who is still fairly new. Very new. And yeah, so yeah. it was a very, like, intergenerational kind of film as well in terms of, um, like, where they were in their careers. Um, and it's just a fabulous movie. Like, it, it, I rewatched it recently for tonight, and mm-hmm. it still holds up. And I think the themes actually hit a little deeper now as an adult watching this film now. Because when it came out, I was, I was in fourth grade. Oh, yeah. So, and you know, I continue to watch it, of course, over the years, Mm -hmm. um, but it had been some time, probably since like, probably before the pandemic, since I last watched it, Mm -hmm. um, because I have it on VHS. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I did not get a TV until, even though I still have my VHS and DVD combo player, I didn't have a TV until like two years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. So I haven't been able to watch my VHS. Um, of Jason's lyric, um, and I kind of like the 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 VHS quality over the streaming. Sure, quality. like I watched it on streaming, and I was like, oh, the the like crackle isn't the, you know, it ain't the same. Um, I I need to adjust the tracking. Right, yeah, right. it wasn't. It, 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 and also, it's just a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Like it's just beautiful to look at, and and as you're watching it, I feel like you're there, like. Are y'all like feel sweaty and damp when you're watching it? Very true. It's a yeah. very sweaty movie. Yeah. It's a yeah. very, very sweaty movie. But the the you pointed out how how like beautiful it is. Um I think like the way the movie opens, because it opens with, you know, Alan Payne's Jason on the bus. Mm-hmm. And he's there, he's sitting, he's just sitting on the bus and he's looking out the window, and he's got like this bright pink shirt on, mm-hmm. t-shirt on. And then as he, like, it's just melancholy looking at the scenery, it it dissolves into, like, this field of wildflowers mm-hmm. where, and the, where the pinks are just so lush. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have to agree. I was like, oh, that was kind of smooth, though. Mm-hmm. That was kind of smooth. That looked that look really... That, and, and 
despite, like you said, it, while it definitely has some of the urban trappings and there is the a bit of the um, like uh, uh, like Jason's lyric, the title can be read one of two ways based on the time, mm-hmm. you know, a hip hop vibe, but also lyric is Jada's name. And and it, it also sounds more like a literate title, mm-hmm. which is where this uh, movie definitely lives. That type of scenery just lets you know that you the the filmmakers are trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They set this in the South. They set this in the Fifth Ward, Ward of Houston um, because they want to give you a, a different slice of black life, mm-hmm. a different uh, piece of the black experience in America. Um, they want to touch on a lot of things. They want to touch on... Uh, um, people returning from incarceration and the mm-hmm. struggles that they deal with. They want to. They want to touch on family trauma, mm-hmm. um, but but it, it but it's all right there in those wildflowers where mm-hmm. anything can happen, right? And I was like, I I'm I'm digging the poetry that they're trying to put mm-hmm. down here. I, I I'm I'm seeing that. And same with you. I wasn't four years old, but when I did see this, I was. I don't know if if. Originally, I don't know if it hit me on that level. Mm-hmm. And watching it again, I was like, "Okay, I'm picking up, mm-hmm. picking up what y'all throwing down. This is yeah. pretty smooth. It's, it's 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 different. It's different." And you're right; these these actors, so many of them, like yes, they're they're bracketed by Susan Douglas and, and Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. but it's it's the Alan Payne, Jada Pinkett show. It's the Bokeem Woodbine show, For sure. Um, and Bokeem Woodbine. We have said it here before. That is an actor that makes choices, mm-hmm. and I and commits to and commits yeah. to fuck. And I'm never going to be mad at an actor that makes mm-hmm. a definite choice and sticks with it the entire mm-hmm. rest of the film. This is my. This is what I'm doing in the movie. Yeah. Y'all are either going to catch up or not. <laughs> yeah. And that is what Bokeem Woodbine mm-hmm. is doing in this movie. And it, you know it from the first time you see him and that stiff walk. That he is doing, I'm like, mm-hmm. this man has made a choice, mm-hmm. and he is going to lift this choice for the rest of the movie. And for me, even back then, this was his coming out party. As much as I think this was planned, we've talked about it, and we'll mm-hmm. probably touch on yeah, it. Absolutely, this was supposed to be kind of like a bit of a coming out party for Alan Payne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was Bokeem. This this sure. is Bokeem Woodbine's. Coming out party, mm-hmm. and he presents himself to the world like, "Look at me! Look at what I can do!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This this is the film that I noticed. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I was listening to another reviewer. We talked about Bokeem Woodbine, and it made me think about him. And here, where he almost feels like he's in his own movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like he's making this parallel movie with everyone. Else. Just just to parrot what everyone has said. I I love the sense of place. That, you know, this sort of Galveston kind of town right outside of Houston Mm -hmm. that you did not see. Mm -hmm. And and frankly, you don't see it that often now. Uh, It's a great cast. It's a great cast. You know, we love Suzanne Douglas. Forrest Whitaker uh, is in here for a little bit doing stuff. And you expect that. Like, you expect that from actors of these. But I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed Eddie Griffith. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, I really liked yeah. his performance in this. And 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 I also, have, I've not seen this film 
in years. So like I had forgotten a lot of the beats, but I really liked Eddie Griffith. Um, I really liked, um, you, you know, Lisa Nicole Carson. Mm -hmm. This was I, her coming out party. This for was her, her too. coming out party. I run real cool with Jada Pinkett. Okay, and and I I think her performance in here is okay, and and you know you can play a game with the 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 ever disappearing accent. Oh well, yeah, she. Oh, the accent. Yeah, yeah we, that. Are we trying to stay positive? Well, you know, <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing. Ooh, nobody, nobody is really trying to do an accent except for Alan Payne and, and Jada Pinkett. Crazy. It's like, why are y'all doing this accent? That I ain't never watched a Suns before. <laughs> but I wanted to land with the Jada Pinkett. I hadn't seen this in years. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten how young she was mm -hmm. in here. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. But you 100% get why Jada Pinkett becomes Jada Pinkett. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. she's so pretty. Mm -hmm. And she has such presence. That's yeah. the that's the thing. She's that, that presence. That, you, you know, this is another one of those cases where you see these early performances mm -hmm. and they pop. Mm -hmm. And you say, oh, well, 20, 30 years later, you understand mm -hmm. why exactly. this person became this person. Exactly, because she, she, in this film, she's young. So the acting, it's maybe like a little shaky, yeah. like we talked about the accent and everything like that. But the presence, the, 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 the confidence that she has in every one of those moments, like she know, you can tell like she knows what she wants to do. I don't right. think she 100% realizes how to get it across right. yet. She's still figuring it out, but she knows what's the right move. And the compliment that I always give Jada Pinkett, I always forget how physically small she is. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like she yeah. has such presence mm -hmm. that you forget just how small she is physically. Mm -hmm. But look, I think, I think what kind of separates this movie from films from this period that have gone on to become like these, you know, some unarguable classics, mm -hmm. you know, your, your, your best man or, or your love Jones. I think Alan Payne and I've been thinking about Alan Payne all day. As one does. Because I really like Alan Payne. Like, like I've always liked Alan Payne since he was on the Cosby show. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem with Alan Payne, I think he has been miscast hmm. three times in a row. Hmm. Okay. I think you go from New Jack City. Okay. To this. Mm-hmm to the New Jack City knockoff that I think was supposed to be his kind of stealth reset, Blueberry Hill. Yeah, yeah. And I think the problem is that this comes out in this weird transitional period, frankly, before Love Jones. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of ilk. And what I said in my notes is people tried to put him in that Denzel Washington lane, this sort of leading man, and he's kind of brooding and, and you know, and that's not Alan Payne. Alan Payne should have been in the Tay Diggs lane. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Because he's charming. Yeah. He has this kineticism when he starts talking. My favorite scene, my favorite Alan Payne scene in this film, there's a moment 
where Jada Pinkett's character Lyric is is resisting Jason yeah. because you know her brother Tretch is a criminal and they're in the in the third. I don't ride world. with gangsters, and I don't ride with gangsters. <laughs> and Alan Payne's Jason has this wonderful monologue about how he's not a gangster, mm-hmm. and I work in this store, and I wear this uniform, and I eat fried chicken every night, and it's it's poppy. Mm-hmm. And it's that Lance energy from the Cosby mm. show where Alan Payne is charming. Mm. Alan Payne has like Alan Payne brooding and thinking about things. I don't think is a good speed for him mm. so that it, and we've said this before. It, it, there are so many parts of this movie that I like, but at the end of it, I like every part of this movie whether it is the family dynamic in the in in the flashback mm-hmm. like i could have watched suzanne douglas and force whitaker bounce yeah. off each other the family dynamic in the present mm-hmm. yes, between yes. suzanne douglas and her two and boys Bo- and her two boys tretch who apparently is robin banks mm-hmm. 6 years before set it off mm-hmm. you know he's sort of this bank robber hell the restaurant that Lisa mm-hmm. Nicole Carson and Jada Pinkett work at, mm-hmm. where Lisa Nicole Carson is trying to better herself. This is it. So mm-hmm. Eddie Griffith and whatever it is he has going on. <laughs> is he a pimp? Is he a drug dealer? Is he just one of these guys? He's just outside. He's just outside. He's just outside. Eddie Griffith is outside everywhere. Don't touch his hair. <laughs> All right. I'm like, wow, there's something real interesting going on here. But I was more interested in every aspect, more interested in every aspect of the plot than their actual love story. Hmm. And I think that's because of how Alan Payne is situated Mm. as this kind of, again, in in this this kind of pre-Love Jones. You know, I said Tate Diggs, but really it's Lorenz Tate. Whose brother is also in? Who's, whose yeah, brother is also With his very thick Chicago accent very. all up and through the film. Well, but he's just out of jail. He ain't say he from here. <laughs> that's valid. Right. He ain't say he from right. here. Right. You know, so that's cool. Well, what did you what did you think of, uh, of the love story aspect of this? Because that is the mm-hmm. big the big piece of this mm-hmm. movie. It's, it's one of the big big set pieces that many people have told me that they remember from this movie. Is spend more time. With Alan Payne's naked butt than I had planned. <laughs> I know. When I got up this morning. I know. That awoken things in me as a young person. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, what I think about the love story, I think it for me, this film, and I think all the films from that era were it was were very authentic to like just everyday black life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think their story was so realistic. It's like their girl who her brother in the streets and she's trying to do everything to not be in that lane and always trying to like, you know, better herself, focus on getting up out of here. And this guy coming to talk to her and it's like, I'm the one to do this. I don't know you. You could be in the streets. I don't want anything to do with it. And then just, you know, him kind of like softening her and just, it was just very sweet. And I think, mm. you know, when we're in the times of uh, like weird dating Twitter conversations and dating podcasts where romance is like, very uh antithetical to what's happening right now um you know it it kind of reminds me of just like that old school vibe you know when you just be on the phone talking to somebody and y'all don't even be talking about nothing y'all just be on the phone silent 
just mm-hmm. to be on the phone or, you know, them just like hanging out at the bayou, not even doing anything. It's just like being each other's presence. Like, I don't know. It's just very sweet. And it just it's a very specific place in time that, mm-hmm. that this kind of relationship would um, look this way. Okay. Yeah, it would look that way. But I I, I, I got to land with Vincent. I wasn't feeling it, and it was because of Alan Payne. Hmm. Uh, uh, unlike the two of you, I don't think much of Alan Payne as an actor. Um, I thought he was fine on the I Actually, I think about his butt. I didn't okay. say I think highly of him as an actor. Okay. <laughs> I don't think much of his butt either. Um, well, I guess it was a nice, you know, his butt's go. Bam. I've thought more about his butt to date than I've probably ever thought about his butt. <laughs> Take a shot every time we say butt, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that that Damon will be right in there <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> now I'm conscious when I say but um, yeah I, I, I wasn't feeling their connection because I actually thought that Alan Payne was like the scene you was talking about I thought that maybe was his best scene but I don't think he was that great in that scene I think it was his best scene, but he's not that great in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember which accent he used or didn't use in that moment. There's about three of them. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's juggling he's, a few. He's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is happening in, in this movie. Um, and, and Jada is probably only got two. Yeah. But, but Alan's got like a whole bunch of them up, up there spinning. And I... I you're right, him brooding doesn't work. It doesn't work at all, especially when you're trying to brood next to Bokeem Woodbine. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, like, dude, just give it up. Mm. Let's just give it up, man. Like, trying to do anything, just be. Mm. When, you, when you're in a scene with Bokeem Woodbine, this is why Eddie Griffin works. Because when Eddie Griffin is in any scene, he's just being. Mm-hmm. And I, I paid attention to what he is. And you got to remember, Eddie Griffin is... First and foremost, a comedian. Absolutely. And this is one of his first acting roles. Mm-hmm. So, but even um, as a comedian, the one thing you learn is that as much as you prowl that stage, there's time when you got to just stand and mm-hmm. lean on your words. And Eddie Griffin, smartly, who was not a younger, a young comedian, um, at that moment, there's a lot of scenes I watched him, and he is saying his lines. He's not moving. He's not. He's not like. Like like doing a whole bunch of business. Mm-hmm. He is just confident in himself standing there. And mm-hmm. he, that's why he makes that much even more of a presence, right? Especially when you've got somebody like Bokeem Woodbine bouncing off of mm-hmm. the, the, the stage next to you. You need that stillness. Alan, Alan Payne doesn't know that. So Alan Payne is trying to outbrood Bokeem Whipbot. It's the light skin brooding. It, the, you, the Drake vibes. There you cannot <laughs> there's nothing you can outdo Bokeem Whipbot. Put a pin in what you just said. On, on, on the screen. You can't you can't do it. So brooding Alan Payne doesn't work. But then when he is trying to be romantic, Alan Payne, I don't believe it either. Yeah. Because he's got this his face is just, I don't know, it looked. It, I just I just didn't believe it. And there were times when he is kissing Jada Pinkett where it was some of the most awkward kissing that I have ever seen in my entire life. But I think some of that 
I think it's to me, Jason's character seems like this is his kind of first foray. Oh no! Give that I mean, me. that's that's in the title. Nah. Like his Jason's vibe gives me. I'd be running behind my mom and dad, all, my, my mom yeah, and my brother all the time. That's true. I don't have time to be dating people, and I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm dating this girl who's very self-assured, who's actually like curving me, and I gotta try to like catch up to where she is. And that that's the kind of vibe I got. Like he's like washing her feet. It's just like. He's like, oh, I've seen this on a movie, so I'm going to do it. You get what I mean? Like, that's the vibe I got from Jason. I would ride with you on that, except the brother knew that when he saw her leaving the restaurant, the move was to follow her. But remember, he left his key, so then Eddie right, Griffin right, was like... Right, okay, right. No, okay, but but he knew the move was mm-hmm. to follow her. Right. But he didn't have the finesse. Right, right. He wasn't smooth it. with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's... I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Anyway, I just didn't... I didn't, yeah. buy, I didn't buy their chemistry. What I think is much more egregious is that no one who did the casting at all thought about the optics of the color stuff. And Like, at one point, I wanted um, Jada Pinkett to say to uh, Jason, I understand because I, too, have an evil dark-skinned brother. Oh, my God. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I want to see who are Jada and Tretch's parents. Right. Like, that, but you know, black people look like anything. Right, so. right. Yeah, I just thought the two light-skinned people being the perfect people, and, you know, it's like these dark-skinned people holding them back. Actually, was, that's a 2023 yeah. lens, and I was like, uh, yeah. so no one in 2023 is definitely going to call that out, where I never paid attention to that mm-hmm. until... And I guess I watch it re- like for today. And I guess because I'm darker skin, I don't look at Bokeem Woodbine and see dark skin, unless he's standing next to Alan Payne. Well, I get well, I, I, okay, <laughs> very true. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they both had they both were sweaty. Like, who knew? <laughs> like, who knew? They both were sweaty with dirty t-shirts. Like, I, 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 no, I know. And like, there are moments in this movie. Okay, I wasn't feeling Alan Payne. And I'm sorry to say, I wasn't feeling Tretch. And, and I remember watching this movie thinking, oh, Tretch is doing some work. He stayed in his lane now. I am, because yeah, was his lane was his lane was a few miles back. I mean, he like he had to sort of be himself. Brutish. <laughs> I don't know. He just was not, he was very, like, you would never know that at times Tretch was up for roles that Tupac got. But watching this, I see why Tupac got the roles and Tretch didn't. Because Tretch just didn't, I guess brooding didn't do it for me. Like, and then he's got like that high Tretch. voice, like, you know, when he was playing with the saw and stuff. Yeah, he, was was just, a, yeah. he was just annoying me, man. <laughs> he was like, just doing too much. You know the character that I really, really liked a lot this time? Their mother. I thought she was so complicated. Like, I remember the scene as a younger man where she thought, Threw up all all of of um Bokeem oh, Bond's food because it was drug money. But then, but today I was like, wow, this. I feel like it's a lot of venom there. Like that's mm-hmm. like I understand her sentiment, mm-hmm. but he did like he was actually trying. But he also got her fired from her job. Well, I think there was a lot of mis not misplaced anger, but anger over some other stuff mm. that came out with that dinner thing. And I think Suzanne Douglas is a good enough actress that she kind of let that come through. And then the other thing I loved when Jason says to her, you know, we're going to leave. And she says in the most beautiful, 
old lady passive aggressive voice. Oh, well, you're, you, you know, your brother's going to miss you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, mm -hmm. this is actually the kind of toxic mm -hmm. thing that holds dudes back. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the scene later when she says, where she says, but I love that they took the beat mm -hmm. to give her that moment mm -hmm. to not just be kind of angelic and perfect. Well, okay. so like those two things, I really liked how that complicated her character. Mm -hmm. I guess it does complicate it because you could also read her saying your brother's going to miss you as her just acknowledging that her brother's going to miss you. I, 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 I do get the subtext. I see yeah. it. But you could also kind of like read yeah, that. Yeah, no, you got to let that do. I'm, I was actually, that actually helped explain to me why Jason was still there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. th that's what I always, like, yeah. like when the film starts, your question, well, why? Hasn't Jason left yet? I know because this this is not um, Joshua's first time out of prison. Right, right. he's a right. repeat offender. Right, and you know you got the sense Jada was nice, but you know she work at the restaurant and go stand on the bridge. I don't know how much she planning <laughs> on ever going nowhere. Very true. But it seemed like Jason buses. Jason had a work ethic. He had a plan. Like Jason could have left. That's very true. So I had forgotten how like how long it takes for Jada to be introduced into the movie. How about that? It's a full, it's a solid half hour. Yeah. It's like, wow. And that's the thing about this film is so many themes playing at once, but I don't feel overstimulated, which yeah. happens yeah. for me a yeah. lot in films when they're trying to especially now, everything is trying to be so deep or whatever. I'm like, what's going on? What is the actual plot here? And I think they were able to pace the film in a way that it can introduce each character, you get their story, you get some people's backstory, and it's still not like a claustrophobic script. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. Um, and it's so many things, like you talk about returning home from prison, also thinking about, you know, people coming home from, like, the war, and, like, you know, yeah. and the old yeah. talk about Nam, and oh, Nam, and everybody different, you know, and, you know, thinking about, um, I, like, I love Lisa Nicole's care Carson's character because a lot of times the hood girl in the black movie mm -hmm. is just a hood girl. That's right. Yeah. And there and there is this I'm from Philadelphia, so I know a lot of girls from around the way. And one thing about them, they are so there's something else going on that mm -hmm. like you never see. So the way that she's like constantly like quoting these poems and all this and the way she talks to Lyric at the end and she the way she talks, she's like you found something that was so quiet. Yep. You know, like the in way a, in a world full of thunder. That's what she said. I said, well, all right. You know what I mean? And and I'm I'm like, that's the kind of girl that I grew up around. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I love seeing that fullness, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation that's also being brought up in the film. And, you know, it's just so much happening, but none of it feels What's the word? Like they're trying to like push a message. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like they're trying to redeem anybody. No. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It just is. And I feel like that's kind of something that we've lost with like, you know, kind of like the big box black films now. It's like the people are just being and there's really nothing else to it. Yeah. They just are, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, at the end of the day, like Alan Payne notwithstanding, I landed enjoying the movie. I did think that the... um that uh, the other thing you you mentioned about Lisa Nicole uh, Carson and how she was talking to Lyric, I also kind of liked the way that she talked to Tretch. 
mm-hmm. because she 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 would not accept you know you know half measures mm-hmm. you know f- from him you know it's mm-hmm. but she, she realized what this was mm-hmm. yes she did she ha- didn't have no painted on illusions of it you know and you know for whatever reason this was enough for her mm-hmm. in this moment but it was going to be enough for her on her turn her she had boundaries Alonzo. yeah <laughs> i don't know say his name Alonzo. this is when i noticed lisa nicole carson mm-hmm. I know, I know. And she just like whatever scene she's in, no matter what, if it's Abby Mc, Eddie Beal or whatever that show was called, or Abby Love McGill. Jones or whatever, mm-hmm. she always steals the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Every time, and then she's always playing the home girl or like the side character, but she really like shines in a I way. Know. And I just yeah. love her, and I wish you know that yeah. you know things turned out differently for her because she just really had it. She, yeah. I love her. Oh, yeah. I love her. Oh yeah, love her. Um, and other thing too about this film that I think kind of hits different watching it now is like we weren't talking about mental health in '94. That's very about true. that. Very it was true. very much like, oh, look how he carrying on. Oh, you can't never get right. Oh God, <laughs> here he come again. Uh, you know, it was very that, and it wasn't like, okay, this man saw his brother. Well, first of all, saw his father beating on his mother. Mm-hmm. Saw his brother then kill his father. And has so, and you could see at, I don't know how old he was supposed to be in that scene at four or five years old, but that anger in yeah, his face. Yeah, it was there. We see that. And I'm like, this is how our boys are growing up now. And like, because mm-hmm. they're seeing things that children should not be seeing. And they have so much anger, so much resentment. And it's like, you can see there's a lot of resentment between him and, and Jason. You see resentment between him and his mom mm-hmm. and him not having a father to kind of like give him that guidance. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is so many people I know. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is real and this is what's happening right now. And if there was some support around young people who are having these very traumatic experiences young, like what could happen? Because the way he took himself out, like the suicide rates for young black men right now. And it's because of what was happening in this film. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that people should kind of go back and watch this film because that's something that really, really hit differently for me this go round. Not to, not to like no, put a no, damper no. on the party, but yeah. I had to, you know, bring that well, up. Well, the two, the two line readings in the final scene between Jason and what's booking is his name, sir? Joshua. Josh. And Joshua, where Joshua says, "Are you going to leave me?" Mm-hmm. And when Jason pulls out his gun and he says. Don't make me do this again. Mm-hmm. And both of them are just little boys. Yeah, like you realize that they're still those little boys. Yeah, because I'm a little boy saying, "Don't leave me," and and I've never left that moment when I killed our father. Mm-hmm. So don't make me do this again. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, like I could have watched a whole film about that family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and them just sort of working their way through that. And like you said, looking at it through our eyes, it's, it's clear that Josh, like he's self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. self-medicating. He says it. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, take this bottle and suppress the memory. Yeah. You know? Right. Like he actually says it. Mm-hmm. So and he's drinking Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. And he's drinking Mad. Well, he's actually drinking whatever he gets his hand on. True. Because he's but drinking at one time, vodka and gin at one point. And then he pulled out like a hidden stash of whiskey. And you know, I'm against that. Like you can't be missing. Mixing. You can't be mixing <laughs> light and dark liquors 
that's when I said, oh, yeah, he got a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, he at least stay consistent with your liquor. And you can just see that he wants to be better. He wants to do better, but he right. just can't get past right. that moment. Yeah. This movie is everything. Like, at the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, black people know they can act. <laughs> that, that's how I walk. Cause I, I mean, mostly Bokeem. But, you know, it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, here's a question. Do you think this film has been lost a little bit? I do. I feel like people don't talk about Jason's lyric. They don't. Like, and, and I do think it is in that weird kind of post- boys in the like i think you had all of these important like these important films Mm -hmm. you know it's like spike lee and like spike lee's children so it's like boys in the hood and all these kind of almost message films and then if you start with love jones like Mm -hmm. i tend to start with that period where it's sort of it gets a little breezier Mm -hmm. it gets a little lighter it's a little middle class upper middle class it's a little middle class (laughs) but again like i had forgotten this came out before Love Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is this kind of weird fit. Well, I like think, neither fish nor fowl. Well, I think it, it, it goes to what you said. You pointed out the miscasting of Alan Payne in the lead. Um, Jada Pinkett being young and thus the two leads, the hot, steamy, sexy notwithstanding, being maybe not meshing 100%, you know, as like this, like a, uh, like a couple for the ages mm-hmm. in front of your mm-hmm. eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. They would have been, they would have done better in something a little lighter. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You right. know, like maybe years after this. Yeah. 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 Um, th- so I, I think you have that. I also think, um, that one of the hallmarks of the films of the, uh, of this time also were the soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And I seem to remember thinking that the soundtrack was a little bit more memorable than I actually found it to be. Right. Listening to it. Well, it's because the You Will Know was so huge. Right. And then I went back and I was like, this was the song of the soundtrack. <laughs> right. That was really? it. It was really you, it. Right. You Will Know is from this. Mm-hmm. Black Men United. Yeah. And even that doesn't play until the end of the movie. Right. Freedom is from Panther. Mm-hmm. And that was the women. Yeah. So I forgot you will know us from, mm-hmm. and they don't play it right. They play that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, I think that, and even that song is like tearjerker. <laughs> like because I listened to it after watching a movie, and I was like, oh my god, the black man. I love y'all so much. Y'all go through so much. I, and okay. I also think there may be, and this might be a stretch. So tell me if it is. Okay. But there there may be um, a, a, a vein of fan fandom that doesn't return to this film because, like you said, it's in the it's in the the, the heyday of like the the quasi hip hop kind of movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's got definitely a hip hop bent to them. But this one, while it's got the guns, a little bit of the guns, and it's got Bokeem Whitbine. It also does have it, it central to it, probably more so than a lot of the other films, a love story. Yeah. A yeah. decidedly sweet love yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And a decidedly sweet love story that the the nudity for Parring Eyes is for the female gaze. Mm-hmm. More so than the male That's gaze. That's a good point. And I think that may be another reason why it kinda like gets lost. 
because you know let's say, face it in a matri uh, patriarchy world you know they're going to big up you know a movie that's got like a, the woman blasting right. on it as opposed to Alan Payne's behind right with the flowers blooming and all of that yeah oh, you remember the whole whole scene I told you that really shifted things for me <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 a very sweet mm -hmm. yeah feminized scene I think you mm -hmm. I think you, you're onto something there also think it being set in a southern place it was a few years ahead of its time mm -hmm. to a good degree yeah mm -hmm. you know? yeah like yeah. that's another thing like you know whether we're talking about atl or roll bounce or mm -hmm. like all these mm -hmm. that were set in the south after this yeah because it was like at that time black life seemed to only exist in new york right. and right. la there you go yeah you know what i yeah. mean and so to be in this i think it was just it was just a little too early Right, it's, it's either three early. years early or it's ten years early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the one other thing about location that I did not notice until my most recent watch is when they're at the fair and the banner said Juneteenth. Yup, that's yes. right. Yeah, I know, right? In '94, I didn't know what Juneteenth was. Look, it, right. was, it was a Texas. Mm -hmm. It was a Texas holiday. Yeah, it must mm -hmm. be a thing down there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we do Juneteenth? Like, no, right. we should do Juneteenth. Yeah. yeah, so I love I love that detail. It made me think about the film, Miss Juneteenth, which I love so much. Oh, oh. Um, and I was like, and, and then in my mind, I was like, oh, man, this is like, in an alternate universe, there is some connection between Miss Juneteenth and Jason's lyric. Yeah. Wow. I just haven't found the connected dots yet, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do six degrees of connecting those films. Oh, my God. And get back to y'all. Because in my brain, there is a connection somewhere. I guess old boy who was on Insecure that played her ex-husband is too old to be one of the guys from Or here. to be Jason, Jason and Lyric's son. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know, because this is 90, yeah, 94. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd be too old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'd be too old. He'd be too old. But I could definitely see him. You're right. He could be Jason's cousin. Mm hmm There you go. There you go. Well, let me make a connection. Mad dog side son or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have nicknamed him Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah, they right. It was, yeah, yeah. They're kind of setting him up yeah. for Um, uh, Shout out to, I don't know the actor's name. But, you know, and I can't remember the character's name. But when they come across the dancing dude in the beginning. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a character you always, that's a person you always yeah. see in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's and such a small part, but that's an integral member of the community. Right. And it's also a, always a marker of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Neighborhood was one way, and then the neighborhood was another way. Mm -hmm. Right. And it all, it, it, it shows right on him. Mm -hmm. Right on him. Mm -hmm. So, you've returned to Jason's lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um... You enjoyed it. Would you recommend Jason's lyric to the missionaries? I would definitely recommend it to the missionaries. And actually, if you are in Philadelphia, we'll be screening it at Philly Film Society um, September 14th. Oh, very nice. Uh, wow. September 14th at Philly, Philly Film Society here in Philadelphia. Very nice. We'll be screening Jason's lyric, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, with some extra stuff going on, too. So it's going to be fun. And I definitely recommend it. I think, to your point, it is a film that has kind of gone under the radar in terms of, like, being passed down, like, to the younger generations. And it's a film I love. Strong themes. Great cast. I, I would say no notes, but them accents piss me off. 
Yeah. Alip, hey, baby. Yeah, forgive the forgive the accents. <laughs> forgive the accents. Just, you know, just it never happened. Yeah. It never happened. What about you, Vincent? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We recommend it. You know, again, regardless of any misgivings I have with Alan Payne, there's certainly way more positives mm -hmm. than negatives mm -hmm. with this film. And and I, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by how much I ended up enjoying it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I did not expect for it necessarily to hold up as as much, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, I am a Bokeem Woodbine and a Jada Pickett uh, fan, with or without the Smith. Um, so, and Suzanne Douglas. Mm. Icon. Mm. Always, always. I did say, because like Suzanne Douglas, and she had on like her little short 70s dress. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I see why Mad Dog is. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well, I was, when she had the Afro puffs, oh. I was like, ooh. We are Suzanne <laughs> Douglas fans. Yes. Fine, fine. If, you, if you're young and you're watching this, you'll know who that is. She was a mom on Parenthood. She's also the mom in Black Black Inkwell. Yeah, the Inkwell. Also, oh, yeah. But that also might be too old for a young person. So <laughs> Gen Z, figure it out. <laughs> I mean, well, the Parenthood is probably too. Yeah, that's definitely too, too age, old for that. Age, what? But yo. Mm, Susan Douglas. She was in Tap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was in Tap. Shout out to Gregory Hines. See, if you'd ask me to connect to Suzanne Douglas, I'd know her filmography. Kind of. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but so, yes. So that's three for three, ladies and gentlemen, recommending that you see Jason's Lyric. And if you haven't watched it uh, recently, September 14th, here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia Film Society, brought to you by the Be Real Black Cinema Club, Jason's Lyric is screening right there. Right. And you get to see it on the big screen, which yes. you don't have a lot of opportunities. To yes. Do. I love you said that because yeah, the whole series that I'm doing in partnership with them is about classic films that we all watched. But, you know, if you're a, a younger person, you probably only seen it on VHS. Never seen it in movies. You never seen it in a theater because your mama wasn't finna take you to see Players Club or whatever, you know, at that age in the theater. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just bringing back these kind of classic films that we never, most of us didn't get a chance to see in theaters. So Okay. Super excited. So now you'll get to see Alan Payne's behind in Cinemascope, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's the whole reason why she's she screened it. Whole reason. Jason's lyric, aka Alan's ass. Yes. <laughs> I need to get some merch for this <laughs> It's like his butt and the flowers in front. I mean, he's he was touring in um the New Jack City New Jack stage City. play. Stage play yeah. You might get him to come and. You know what? You know. Let me slide. Let me slide to Alan DM. Oh, talk to his agent. Don't, <laughs> don't be that guy. Oh. You know when you talk to the agent, they start talking about, oh, it's ten thousand dollars to book them, and you text the person on the side. They're like, oh, y'all come, just give me a plate after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what y'all serve? Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. We got some ribs from this is it to come catering. You right, good? Right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> if people want to get down with the Be Real Black Cinema Club, how how can they? So you follow us on Instagram. Um, we post a lot. I know that we say our I said our meetups are in Brooklyn and Philly, but we do post about screenings all over the U.S all over the world, honestly, um, because we just come in contact with so many different filmmakers. And, you know, so don't be discouraged if you're not in one of these cities, even though you may not be able to come to us with the meetup. Start your own meetup, uh, meetup group in whatever city you're in because we definitely post 
on Instagram. Also, if you're a filmmaker, we also post about different opportunities for grants or different programs. So yeah, be our friend on Instagram. Don't be shy. Like I'm not the person to be shy with. So there yeah, you go. come out, make so. a friend, see some films. And that's Be Real, R-E-E-L, Black mm -hmm. Cinema Club. All right. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yeah, thanks yes. for having me, y'all. Yeah. This was fun. Oh, good. We're glad. This is so fun. That's cool. Yeah. And y'all can't see, ladies and gentlemen, she's got some fly shoes. Look at her. She was ready for her premiere. <laughs> Sorry if I didn't, like, stabbed you. I know these no, are, like, no, pointy no, no, long. No, no, no. <laughs> nah, you're just showing your skills. <laughs> right, right, She's like, right. that's right, Dad. Doing yeah. the shoe cam like a Wendy Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Dylan, we need a shoe cam. <laughs> All right. Write that down. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you to follow the Michelle Mission on the social media of your choice at Michelle Mission. That means Instagram, Twitter, or the Facebook group where we get down and have a lot of fun talking with all of our fans. You can also find us on YouTube where you're watching a stream right now. YouTube at Michelle Mission, where all of our live streams go up and then they'll later get edited into the top five and Derville Martins and the reviews and all of that good stuff will go up there or maybe even doing some shorter videos as, as well. Um, you can also email the Michelle Mission if you want to share a chat with us or share your thoughts. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. Or if you want to be real cool, even as a voicemail. <laughs> Ooh. 215-867-9666. And leave us a voicemail and let Don't Vince encourage him. I'm going to call. I'm going to call and I'm going to say you will know. Because I know everybody parts. I'll wait on your voicemail. You will know. Aaron Hall had the best runs in that joint, so I'm about to kill it. He did. He did. He did indeed. Um, the, the Michelle Mission is streamed live from Yunk Junk here in Maniunk. Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace. Go to videocontentfactory.com to check out uh, all of the things that you can do right here. And the Michelle Mission is also a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Uh, I do want to let you know that the Michelle Mission is coming your way. We've got a couple of live events coming, coming your way, ladies and gentlemen, in August. On August 5th at 6 p.m., the Michelle Mission will be at the Black Star Film Festival on the Daily John stage at the Kimmel Cultural Campus. Yes, so upper crust. It's going to be on the big stage. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm, I have to wear my patent leather sneakers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll be doing a live Michelle Mission as part of the Black Star Film Festival. Uh, you can go to blackstarfest.org for all of the information about the festival. Uh, come out and, and see us. We're going to have fun, play Derville Martin, Top 5, talk to a filmmaker. We're going to have a uh, yeah, it'll be a there. lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And tomorrow night, oh, oh boy, Barry in the lead. Tomorrow night, it is the summer of Derville Martin <laughs> as the Michelle Mission returns to the Bryn Mawr Film Institute to screen Five on the Black Hand Side, starring Derville Martin, Leonard Jackson, as well as Dick Anthony Williams. Dick, Dick Anthony Williams. Um, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Turman. Turman. 
Uh, so, so many people in the Janet Dubois is oh, in it. That's right. I forgot. Godfrey Cambridge. Look. Look, that's more than five on the black hand side. It's like 12 on the black hand side. That we're going to be screening tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Sunny the Bryn Film. Jim is in it. The Primark Film Institute, and we will have free pretzels for you as well. <laughs> and spicy mustard. With spicy and yellow mustard. You know? Look, look the, now Stephanie and Cam are going to want their own. Like, isn't it just one for us? Like, I thought, where's the Stephanie? Oh, like, boy. Um, but yes, that'll be, uh, go to, uh, you can go to actually our website, michellemission.com, and look for events, and you'll find a link where you can get the tickets to come out and check us out. Next week on the Michelle Mission, I know y'all have gotten, like, y'all have got spoiled with all these guests, but it's just going to be me and Vince next week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just but the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> well, fortunately, you know, I, I have to be here. But fortunately, Vincent will be here because Vincent, you know what about him? He got game. Next week. Here oh, on the Fish Show Mission. That is my movie. Yeah. He got game starring Denzel Washington next week here on the Show Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. That's Stephanie. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. The Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.